Spoilers? Check. Mature language? Check. Viewers beware? Check. Welcome to the Marvel Superhero Podcast. I'm Illegal Machine, and with me is... Diablo Frank. And today we're going to cover... Strange. Strange. When did this come out? 2004 and 2005. This is a six-issue miniseries by... Are you double-checking my years? Because I already checked a motherfucker. Starting I already hit the fucking button. I, it started in December 2004 and ended uh, early 2005. Okay, I think this was pretty heavily promoted as being written by J. Michael Straczynski, but it was co-written by Sarah Sam Barnes, who I believe was his protege or referred to as his protege, and she worked with him in television projects as well, and I believe she wrote several miniseries for his Squadron Supreme Max series, and it was drawn by one Brandon Peterson, and there were other people, but I think that's all everybody we care about, right? Yeah, that's it. Sorry, colorists. Oh, yeah, so, so first of all, this is basically a retelling of Doctor Strange's origin, correct? Right, I, I believe this one was heavily promoted that you know under the J. Michael Straczynski brand is this is what was going to make Doctor Strange a popular character they really pushed it heavily I believe and it's a good looking book they obviously put a lot of money into things like colors oh yeah the colors great art's okay it's pretty run of the mill early 2000s I'd say uh, I, I'd actually I mean, it's, it's, I'd say it's okay it's, it's better than average but I don't think it's anything spectacular see and I would actually disagree with that is uh, Brandon Peterson I think this was one of the last things he did that he did from beginning to end and before he started mostly just doing covers and little special projects. And I felt like he put a lot of effort into this. It looks to me like there were a lot of textures. I don't know if they were digital or hand-drawn or whatever. They digital. were all digital. Yeah. But there's a lot of time-intensive work from the looks of some of these images. It looks like he put a lot of effort into this. And that was where I took points away. I thought that a lot of it was over-digital. So why don't you tell them what the story's about? All six issues? Well, just an overview. Okay, so you're... So this, this is the reintroduction of, of Doctor Strange to the American comic book buying public. And you are a person who's never read a Doctor Strange book before where you, you're reading an entire miniseries about just that one character. Right. So this is a very much an introduction to the character for you, I would take it. Yes, and, and I would very much like you to compare and contrast his original origin when we're done. We'll get to that, but first tell us what the okay. story is here. All right, so the origin here, it starts out with uh, Doctor Strange. He's up in the Himalayas, sort of Tibet ish kind of area right uh he's out there he's just graduated from college he's helping or no i don't think he's graduated from college i don't know if it's like an internship that he's doing i, I think it's some sort of internship well I, my understanding is he's there to work under a specific doctor that's heavily revered look good on the resume but also he's a firm believer in the humanitarian effort being done there yeah uh, it's, 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 they're all like doctors without borders type thing going on there right so he's learning more holistic medicine too you're learning different types of healing and things like that while he's out there he's that that's when we first get introduced to wong who was one of his patients who's blind. I think is he blind or no? He's mute. Uh, he, yeah, he's mute. Mute, obviously, right? Sorry. And he's sorry. Wong. Is he a teen or is he younger than that? Uh, he seems he's a little younger than teen. At one point, he has this mirage where he, he or he, not, a, not a mirage. He's compelled to hike up this mountain. He sees a city or something like a monastery. That's it. He goes up this mountain, encounters an old man, and they basically have some philosophical talk. Yeah, they do this flashbacky thing too, where he, he's getting thrown out of his dorm room by his girlfriend who's mad at him and his family. 
family isn't willing to take him in for the holidays. And to some degree, he went on this trip as a last option. Everything else didn't work out for him. Well, hey, screw it. I'm going to Tibet then. After he's having this conversation with this old man, he's interrupted. By his redheaded friend. Who is red? Is it Damien? What is that guy's name? No, it's not. It's Damien. It's not Damien Hellstrom or anything like that. It's, I want to say it's Damien. No, he has some totally generic ass name. I'm looking into it. Okay. Devin. Devin. I knew it was Damien. Okay, so Devin. So as he's done wrapping up his conversation with this old man, he's interrupted by Devin. And they're like, hey, man, we got to get back down to the fucking camp, right? Isn't that basically what he does? Basically, they, yeah. They tra- march down to the camp. And then they go back to the United States. Uh, and the old man mysteriously disappears. Yeah, old man. Right, right, right. He's like, lying around. where did the old man go? They get back. He gives Wong a watch. But it's not his watch, isn't it? <laughs> isn't yeah. it Damon's watch? Yeah, uh, Devin's. Devin's watch. Damon, Devin, Damon. And it's some El Cheapo number because he's still got his watch. He's got a nice watch. He's yeah, not going like, to give it to random yeah, Asian guy. Right. And anyway, it wasn't some big deal that Wong would actually respond to Doctor Strange and nobody else and everything. And, exactly, yeah. yeah. He's like, man, how are you able to get to this young kid? Nobody else is. So that's when he promises the doctor that's there that he's going to be back. I'm giving Wong this watch. I promise him I'll, be, I'll see him again. He's, he's going like, to go on Dr. Milius's trip the following year. Right. And he's like, oh, sure, sure you are, doctor. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you know, uh, although I don't think he's quite a doctor yet. But he's like, oh, sure, Steven, sure, you're going to be back. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, everybody always says they're going to come back. Nobody ever comes back. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, I'm going to come back. So from there, they kind of fast forward. He goes, three years. Three years. He's right. rocking a goatee at this point from being clean shaven at the beginning. Right. They're at, they're at a party. Alpha right. Sigma Chi. Oh, very nice. Chai, chai, chai tea? C-H-I. Okay. We're not, we're not fraternity bros, so we don't know. They're at this party. He's ensconced in broads. This is one of those sleazy doctor now, those, uh, And those are party. totally generic 90s hot chicks. You know, they, they? They, they're chicks in skin tight outfits that you would have seen in comics at any point in time from guys who have never actually hung out with hot hung chicks before. Chicks. It's a graduation party and at the party while boozing up and hanging out with chicks, Dr. Milius confronts Stephen Strange and points out that, oh, you're going to go become a plastic surgeon. Way to use the skills that you were taught and I'm really glad you made it to that Himalayan trip the last three years. And it, Not. And he's like, hey, man, it's a difficult profession. You make lots of money doing it. He's like, oh, that's right, because it's all only about money once again. You're going to blow all this talent that you've got. Yada, yada, yada. They get to the peak of this argument, and Strange looks at him and says, you know, you're going to die within the walls of this school. Basically yeah. saying- You're just that, jealous. Yeah, you're just jealous. You're, you're just pissed off. You're not a doctor. You're just a, a teacher. So don't knock on me for wanting to be a plastic surgeon. He storms out. Doctor drives off, or the professor drives off. And- oh, and when he opens the door, to, he's feeling regret, and he's wanting to say something else to the professor to chill things out some. And he sees this mysterious, dark-haired woman in a trench coat, but with the navel-bearing shirt on, staring at his dorm. Right. So he, he gets into the car, speeds off quickly. I don't think he speeds off quickly. Anyway, at some point, he, was he, did he lose control of the car? Do the brakes Something goes on with go the brakes out, or something, something yeah. Dude, the professor crashes into a fucking building, and it explodes, and he dies, which is, you know, eerie, because... There's a pronouncement of Dr. Stephen Strange. Right, of what he had just said was going to happen. You're going to die within the walls of the school, and he crashes into a wall and dies. Pick it up from there, Frank. They're at the gravesite, and Strange is feeling bad, and Devin explains that it's just a matter of synchronicity. It's a fancy name for a coincidence. There's no magic here, Stephen. It wasn't like you did an incantation or something. Synchronicity, it's all math. Not that I entirely understand the math, but Young and a few of the high IQ types over in physical science has got it. We should go. And as they walk away from the grave, the dark-haired, trench-coat-clad woman leaves a white rose on the grave of the Dr. Milius. So from there, they go to a retreat, right? No, before that, he's actually at the... because. They flash forward again. He's at his successful plastic surgery practice. All the women are trying to get hooked up with Dr. Stephen Strange because he's the master of the collagen arts, apparently. Oh, very nice. Collagen arts. One of the old ladies that he's butchering up and making look, quote unquote, beautiful again. She says, hey, you know what? I've got this cabin up in the woods. Why don't you go up and spend a weekend? It's not occupied. So he takes, of course, 
Devin. De- Devin. Steven's on. moping around, and he's like, hey, man. I've made it, but I don't feel like I've made yeah, it. Yeah, man, I got everything, but I feel this emptiness inside. And he's like, well, hey, man, you don't have everything. And he's like, what's that? He's like, these. And he opens the door, and it's these two twin Norwegian-speaking blondes. And he's like, kill me now, kill me now. Oh, right, total bros. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> so that night, one of the Norwegian broads wakes up, and she's almost buck-ass naked. And she's like, Steve, or no, she's saying, strange, strange. You know, where are you? And Devin's awake, drinking some liquid saying oh you know he went out for like a night ski isn't that totally dangerous he totally shouldn't be doing that but you know steven that's how he is he thinks he can do thrill seeker he's a total total badass so they show steven out in the dark with like a flashlight skiing downhill skiing hits a rock ski breaks he goes over a cliff and then the last splash page of the first issue is is him mangled his broken body all the snow his hands are all mangled in the snow and there's a quote from bob dylan go for it unless we have to pay royalties uh I was going to do an impression, but he says, That's so bad, it's good. Bob Dylan. You think they'll get us? I think we can get away with that one. That was a mouthful, so I'm... Let me actually see that quote. I'm curious now. And yes, it's totally cheeseballed in your comic book with the Bob Dylan quote. Any man not busy being born is busy dying. You know who else used a lot of Dylan quotes? Alan Moore and Watchmen. Get the fuck over it, J. Michael Straczynski. Moving on. Issue two is basically him is quit on life. Oh, my hand's broken. So <laughs> You should have seen this handyman gesture yeah. Mac just threw at me with his contorted hands. They were sort of this, I do this sort of gang sign thing, but it's not. Uh, anyway, he decides my life's over. And they're like, no, man, you could teach. Right, or what they're trying they're trying to give him other alternative stuff you could do. He's like, No, no, no. He goes, I'm screwed here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spend every dime I have searching the ends of the earth for a cure. Since there's no practical medicine can't fix me, so I'm going to have to get esoteric with this shit. Right. And so that's what he does. He's flying he ends up going back to Tibet. When he's done in his luck, he's hanging out in an alley or some shit. A colleague of his shows up out of the blue. It's Frank. Frank Martin. That won't be important later on. So he's talking with Frank, Frank Martin. They both had that internship over in Tibet. Oh, Dr. Milius. Yeah. So he says, and, he, and you know, he's all guilt tripping him too because he's like, "Wow, you were really awesome there. They really loved you. I went the following year, and all they said was how great you were. Didn't you go back another year? Hey, blah blah blah. Uh, no, I never did. So it, he gives him some cash because he's like, "Hey man, no, just just take it. It's no big deal." He says, "Thanks, Tibet. God, it's been so long since then. Whatever happened to Wong?" He's like, "Don't you know? I mean, I'm sorry. I just assumed you'd been back since then. You said you'd return. And he said I said a lot of things. Somehow, very few of them ended up happening. Why? What happened to Wong? He not only learned how to speak again, he followed your footsteps, went into medicine. Well, alternative." medicine from what i hear not the sort of thing we do but i guess since some people need healers more than they do doctors really what kind of alternative medicine apparently he's the best hand man in the field go figure i didn't even realize you could specialize in that well take care of yourself steven how convenient so home dude uses the money that he just got from other home dude flies to tibet gets in like a jeep travels up all these mountains and stuff and it's crazy the village is gone he talks to some village idiot and he's like hey uh so whatever happened to wong and he's like oh let me give you wong's address and he uh, scribbles it out on a piece of paper. No, no, it can't. And then he starts laughing uncontrollably because the dude's office is two blocks from my apartment in New York City. Two blocks, two blocks, which is what he keeps saying over and over again. So it's like one of those cartoons where you see the airplane going across the ocean and it's this big transatlantic flight and then the plane just like screeches and
and turns and goes right back to the United States. Wong's office is closed. Steven decides he's going to just duck into the sidebar and he walks in and the dark-haired woman who we had seen earlier from outside the college. Dr. Milius is passing. And she's like, Steven, run! And he's like, what? And there's just some big brawny Guido-looking dudes hovering behind her where one hand is holding a fist mm-hmm. as though he's getting ready to fight even though nobody gets ready to fight by grabbing one fist with the other hand. Like, I think he's probably popping his knuckles oh, like right. a Looney Tunes character. All right. She busts out these side blade things and starts smashing these dudes and they jump into a 350Z which was really weird which was like oh this is solidly mid 2000s because they jumped into a 350Z what's your problem with the 350Z it's slow as garbage you're not getting away from any <laughs> look at this thing man you're not getting away from any stupid <laughs> demons in a 350Z you so wait wait me? so did we tell the people that the guidos turned into demons oh the guidos turned into demons okay. you're not getting away from any guido <laughs> regular guidos or guido <laughs> so like the cast of Jersey Shore could chase down this Z car and you'd be okay please dude are you kidding me Snooky's like gonna overturn the thing on you Snooky couldn't fit in a 350 actually she probably, Snooky could like, probably stretch out her vagina and cover the windshield delete <laughs> oh that out Smush, smush, or whatever. That South Park episode. Did you ever see the South Park episode? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. That was a good one. Yeah, I assume you're talking about South Park? Yes. That's why I said South Park. What did I say? Uh, you said smush, smush, I thought. Yeah, that's from South Park. Okay. I haven't actually actively sought out a South Park episode in this about was, 15 well, years. came out several years ago. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe you caught an episode. I did try to catch some more Broad City, but yeah. I couldn't get the episodes to access on my tablet, and I really? didn't go through the trouble of going through the TV. I might set the DVR for it. Stupid 350Z, man. Anyway, so she takes him to an alleyway where there's this random door where she knocks. They let him in, and of course, it's the grand... It's the Sanctum Sanctorum. It's not the Sanctum Sanctorum. No, no, it's just this grand palace. It looks like a really tacky casino at statues and pillars and shit like that, and it's enormous, and the building doesn't look like it would contain such a room from the outside. Yeah, and so it shows him peek back out into this grody alleyway and then peek back in, and it's all ridiculous. And from there, Wong is there, and Wong's like, hey, what's up? I'm Wong. Wong's now this ponytailed... Isn't he wearing like a turtleneck or something? Yeah, and around this issue is where he looks like the male lead in a Justin Lin movie yes they take Strange to go meet the Ancient One and the Ancient One's just trying to basically tell him hey look dude this isn't you're not really living in the real world this well is- and the Ancient One's in a nice tailored suit isn't he yeah super yeah. nice tailored suit and he's trying to explain to him hey look you know you're about to blow your mind here with some crazy stuff there are demons and guidos and guidos that are demons <laughs> Um, it's this whole thing. It's going to freak you out, but whatever. So you need to come join us. You're a super powerful dude and whatnot. He's like the one. Yeah, he's like, I, I call him that several times. He's the one. So you're the one, man. So please join us or don't. It's your decision. But I've given you all this information. Take with it and do with it what you will. And he's basically like, you guys are a bunch of wackos. I'm out of here. To which Klee says to him on the way out, Klee or Clea. We we're going to call her Klee. That's what we both believe her name to be. No, it, it may actually be Clea. I don't know don't where know. I got. I, I don't know where I got Clea from. I started saying that a few number of years back, but the actress Clea Duvall is Clea, so I think I just got it wrong. So you want to call her Clea from now on? We'll call her whatever works for you. Okay. He's just like, you know what? This isn't for me. And she's like, yeah, you know what? I don't think it is either. You know, the ancient one was wrong. And he's she's like, been critical about? of him for yeah, a bit. Yeah, she's like, no, I mean, I, I, I had a good... Uh, bad feeling about you, actually. I had a actually. bad feeling. I had a good feeling that I was right, that I had a bad feeling about you, right? Yeah. Uh, you suck. We, right. And we, I figured you sucked, and now you're going to blow like a like a chump. So and he's yeah. like, so go see uh, Mordo here, and he'll let you out. And of course, they drop Mordo in real quick. And he's like this intense, bold Asian dude. Yeah, and he's like, Baron Mordo? A Baron is your doorman? And then he says, the greatest students are given the lowest tasks. It encourages modesty. Good night. Goodbye, Doctor Strange. So like, oh, that's cool. And then he turns around and you hear this whoosh. 
And he looks back, and the door's gone. Whoa! <laughs> Trippy. So weird. So from there, he starts to try and leave the alleyway, and he sees a demon driving a taxi cab. What the hell? And then some bikers ride by, and their heads are all on fire. And he's like, oh my god, what's going on? So then uh, he kind of steps out into the alleyway. And the whole time he's making this joke, that as soon as they get back uptown, things are going to be fine. He's just on the wrong side. He keeps trying to right. convince himself he's just on the quote-unquote wrong side of town, right? As he steps out, and there's all these demons. One of the demons is like, it's him, get him! And he's like, oh my god, and he runs back into the alleyway, and he hits the wall. And when he hits the wall, he snaps back into reality and there's a cop drives by and he's like, hey, man, what's going on? You OK? And he's like, no, I'm fine, etc. So from there, they go to a shelter and free clinic and our friend Devin is there working and he's got some meth head in there who's totally tweaked out saying, hey, man, I need more of those pills. Keep having this dream where all these spiders are all over me. And our friend Devin, he's like, OK, one last bottle. <laughs> he's just like handing over another bottle of pills to this guy. Now, the guy looks at the bottle and it's filled with what he believes is spiders. I don't know what the hell they're trying to say with this scene, but I thought it was funny that this dude which was like, oh yeah, you need more pills instead of not giving them to you. Here's a whole bottle of them. But anyway, so she's told, hey, uh, Steven's back. He's all jacked up. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna go rush out and help him. And she's kind of making this thing, oh, of course, there's gotta be something wrong and it's gotta be Steven and you gotta go run out and help him again. He's like, well, that's what friends Who, do. Who's the she? Is that that uh, black the, uh, nurse he's working with? Yeah, one of the other doctors at the clinic. He runs out and Steven's sleeping basically on him because don't forget, the dude is completely broke. He's spent all of his money. So he's sleeping on this mattress in this horrible, dingy hotel located at 1545 West 13th Street. A.K.A. Flophouse. Yeah. Anyway, so Stephen wakes up on this this grungy mattress and... Clea's in the room making him breakfast and he's like what the hell are you doing here and she and he was like didn't you know didn't you slam the door in my face last night and she's like no they just dropped a bunch of knowledge on you you freaked out everyone does it this is what happens all the time so we're just kind of back to kind of keep an eye on you and that's when she sort of explains who the ancient one is that he's basically this wall that keeps all the bad stuff that he'd seen last night and all the bad feelings that he'd felt and everything that it's the ancient one that keeps all of that from coming through to earth and that's it that's and now the ancient one thinks that he's a next Nexus. They use both the word Nexus and the One a lot in this, right? Yeah. They think that Steven's the next Nexus that can take over for him because he's the Ancient One, and because he's the Ancient One, he gonna die soon. So at that point, Devin shows up because he already just rushed out to get to Steven. And when he busts the door open, Clea looks at him, and he looks at Clea. This is Devin. Looks at Clea, and a very says, Hong Kong fooey kind of thing going on. Very there. much, and goes you, and they charge at each other. And this is what I'm talking about. Too much of this digital bullshit. Right. You've got Devin, be- Devin, and, and Clea become a digital blur. And then they come into focus again, and then the third panel is them well, being like some weird elemental forces. Right, but the first two panels the same fucking panel. One of them they just use a computer to blur the figures. The next panel they use the figures sharp, and they just digitally blurred the background. That's super fucking lazy shit to me that I can't stand. Anyway, so that, that was where I was taking points off. But we'll yeah. Get that later. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the, it shows the final panel. She's like the shrieking hawk bird lady, and he's this flaming magma sulfur smoke guy. So obviously this is what we how we can't see them and they just kind of beat the hell out of each other now that and that was a really overly long sequence six pages mostly splashes of them blasting and no dialogue no explanation oh yeah because there are two full panels one full panel is him about to punch her and then i mean i mean one full page that's one page of him punching her no background no background completely white the next page is just it's supposed to be of him attacking her their energy forms right it's the energy form version of it so that's two full pages of this comic book taken up with two panels i have to assume that in the physical comic those must have been facing pages so they have some more impact oh yeah yeah. on a digital reader though it's just image flip image flip yeah so there's probably what i mean five word balloons 
runes on that six, seven pages. If. Yeah, for, for what isn't even the resolution of the fight yet. Strange tries to jump between them. He shoves Clea. Clea ends up going like through a wall. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah, the bricks go flying and everything. It's really ridiculous. Yeah, it's really terrible. Yeah, Devin pulls out a gun and is getting ready to kill Strange. Because I guess he's saying this, you know, you'll excuse me, but it's, it's easier to explain to the police is what he said. And as he's about to shoot, then Clea bursts out. Bricks go everywhere. Gun fires. Hits Clea in the shoulder. Clea in the shoulder. She grabs Strange. They fall out through a window. Very, uh, and crash through onto the ground. Go down into a subway where they catch a subway car to get away from him. Uh, and that's where she sort of explains to him that he's been a Nexus his whole life, whether he knew he was or not. So when he told the professor that he wanted him to die within the walls of the school, and then he literally died into a wall of the school, that he had done that. He essentially murdered his own professor. He can bend the way things happen. Manslaughter. Right, right. Manslaughter. That's exactly right. Which is not nearly as serious charge. But she was saying that because that he's done this, she doesn't see how that he could ever be a Nexus or the One because he's taken human life and whatnot. But it turns out that the whole reason this has happened is because Devin has been there influencing him his whole life. So negatively. Push, negatively. Pushing Always him in pushing the in the direction. bad direction. Right. Yeah. Very subtle mind game bullshit. All that ends up pushing Strange, convincing him that he needs to go talk to the Ancient One and become Te One. Open up issue five of him groveling at the feet of the Ancient One saying, I'm sorry, you were right. I need you to teach me. This is what I need to do with my life. Show me what to do. From the next show that he starts training with all these guys. He's in like a karate outfit. But what I just have to point out too, I when I was reading this, I accidentally flipped those two issues. So he just starts out, I, I thought that he'd freaked out and just gone back in and hung out with the Ancient One begun training. And then I didn't know why people were acting weird about Devin. And then I went back and read the issue and realized, oh, that's what was happening. Okay. The first training sequence they really show us any detail on is him learning how to astral project. He goes to his, he said he wants to go to his parents' house. So he goes to his parents' house and sees his family. And he sees that Devin is there with his family, except Devin, of course, is like freaking got a demon, but his parents and sister can't see it. He's um, li- literally sinking his claws into the minds of his family members and tainting them against Stephen. Yeah, so he's like, no, I gotta go there now and save them. And the ancient one's like, no, no, that's not actually happening. That's like a possibility. Because whenever you're inside the sanctum... Astral thing, plane or whatever? No, no, no. Well, he was saying whenever you're inside this building that we're in, nobody can get to you. So the only way these demons and things can have effect on you is by attacking things loved ones loved ones that are outside and sort of you know but he's saying that's not actually happening stop freaking out so then he says look man why do you even want me to do this when you got baron mordo who's a badass and kicks everybody's ass and is the best person here the ancient one says little does he know baron mordo's listening outside oh shut and i'm like shut up ancient one don't say it so loud <laughs> and he's like well you know it's it- funny that you can stop anything from getting into the sanctum sanctorum but they can't close a door and lock it so that yeah. people don't hear shit they ain't supposed to hear and you know what the hell what time is curfew go to sleep mordo what the hell are you doing you creeper why are you sneaking around in some old man's room anyway so that's when he was like well mordo yeah he's awesome but you know his will can kind of bend instead of being that hard fast person that we're looking for and of course mordo hears this he's like no my feelers that's when strange puts together that devin's always there when bad things have happened including his skiing accident every mm-hmm. all this stuff it's always devin that's been there that's when mordo's like you know what fuck this shit. I'm tired of this loser school. I'm going to go talk to somebody who's going to remain nameless for right now. I came to this dojo to learn how to kick ass. Yeah. (laughs) 
So he uh, uh, he goes to some other world, and all these demons find him, and, and he's like, hey, I'm here to... And like, we know what you're here for, dude. Come talk to this guy. So they go talk. It's obviously... It's Dorman. Flaming guy. It's flaming guy. It's Dorman. Move everybody. Naked Surprise. flaming guy. Yeah. He, oh, so it's... He, With no uh, visible genitalia because it's code-approved Marvel right. comic. He goes to talk to the Human Torch because he looks like he's orange and on... The uh, Heroes Reborn Human Torch because they don't want to draw the lines. Right. So he basically is like, look, you came to the right place, man. You're a bad dude. We're bad dudes. Let's do business together. <laughs> so take this weird hockey puck thing and it basically it looks kind of like a cinnabon cinnamon roll or, <laughs> at of first, energy at first and then it sort of solidifies into one of those kind of cheesy coasters with the rings so that it catches the right yeah so he's like here take this coast this commemorative coaster to remember your trip here <laughs> so he's like all right so he goes and he kind of confronts the ancient one and he's like hey ancient one look dude just give it to me straight are you gonna make me be the one or not and it's starting to kind of sound like an episode of the bachelorette but it's not <laughs> So he's like, gonna, Am I going to get the white are rose? Are you going to choose me to be the one or not? And he's like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of leaning like probably not. So go ahead and go back to your bed. And he's like, that's it. And he freaking just starts trying to open up a can he of whip He cinnabons him? Yeah. Well, first he tries to open up a can of whip ass on him because all of a sudden they have these lightsabers and light stabs. And of course, the ancient one trashes Mordo and says, dude, you're out of here. And I'm cutting your powers in half. Get the hell out of here. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, check out this coaster. And he pulls the coaster out. He says some weird squiggly lines. And then he says, Dormammu. And, of course, the Ancient One's like, no, nah, dude, don't do that. And as soon as he does that, all these demons start flying in, and then Clea jumps out with her weird laser weapons. And all these guys, they all sleep in karate outfits, and they jump out. And one of them is getting impaled by this demon with a sword. And strangest. Oh, so there's, like, people living in Caesar's yeah. Palace? Yeah, there are, there are other dudes. They don't yeah. really explain the other dudes. Strange is about to get attacked by this winged demon with a flaming sword, because all demons have to have flaming swords. And Strange busts out this fucking bad spell and they use more computer generated graphics on the demon to make him vanish he's like oh it took a lot out of me Mordo then jumps in busts up the ancient one behind the fight keeps going on they're like we gotta get to the ancient one guys we gotta get the ancient one to get him back the final splash page of this issue is they get to the ancient one except Dormammu's got him first and he's all busted up and beat to hell and did I say so Mordo or Dormammu you, so, said, yeah. you said Mordo so Mordo and Dormammu are straight pimping and the ancient one and Doctor Strange are crumpled on the ground not so much cowering but they're not in good shape and Clea right off to the side at the moment. Yep, that's it. Anyway, the fight continues. And uh, continues and continues. And continues pretty much the entire issue is magic throwdown. And just as the Ancient One's about done, he slams his fist on the ground. Or I guess right before they're about to finish him off, right? Wasn't he like mm. stabbing him with something? Yeah, I think he got stabbed Dormo's, with some like, stabbing him magic something. He's shit. like, oh, I'm, I'm, it is time for me, but not for them. And he like smashes his hand on the ground. It's like a Hulk shockwave thingamajiggy. And the next page is Doctor Strange in full Doctor Strange garb, as we all know. Well, not a classic garb. It's this. It's updated. Yeah, it's real updated. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the collar. It's all jackety and his. It's basically a red trench coat. With, yeah, it's with basically the, a red trench vest. coat, and where he would have normally have the eye of Agamotto. There's these floating glowy thingies. Anyway, so from there, Doctor Strange just whips these dudes monkey asses, and most importantly, in in silence because that's you're getting paid by the page regardless if there's dialogue on it or not. Yeah, he trashes them all, blows the freaking school up because he ain't care because he Doctor Strange now. Clea takes the ancient. ancient and it's like, look, we're, we're going to take him on this boat to, from where I come from, which is all very hazy. They don't really go into that. Because they said he wasn't dead, but he's not alive. He's sort of in between. So I guess he's the in-betweener now. I don't know. <laughs> so they just he, they sail away on, some, away on some ship. And Wong is like, no, nah, dude, I'm going to stick with you. And we're going to be best buds now. And he's like, okay, cool. So from there, he goes to visit. He's like, you know what? I need to go talk to my family now and make amends with my family and my sister. So he goes to his old house. And there's like some other family living there. And they're like, we don't know who you're talking about. We don't know what a strange family is. He looks in the... It's called, let me see what he says here. 
He says he found a listing in a telephone book. Uh, uh, why don't we uh, run a Google search on that and find out what the I fuck that is? I don't know what that a telephone uh, yeah, book. That's the problem with these magic things. They're always talking about this very arcane shit that nobody's that's ever what, heard of. That's what it is. That's got to be some dumb spell that they made up for this. Anyway, so he uses this telephone book to find an R strange. His sister's name was Rachel. He finds Rachel, but she's paralyzed, living in some drug house with these guys who are shooting up in the background of this picture. Turns out she said that she had... So he talks to her and is like, hey, why are you paralyzed? She's like, oh, I fell, broke my back when I was a kid. And the stress room, it caused my parents to divorce. And they're both... You know, whatever. And so Strange is saying, oh. Wasn't there something in there where she'd gotten injured and that was what made him want to become a doctor in the first place? So that's what he says. He's like, he goes, I remember that fall. I was there and apparently he saved her and that's what made him want to become a doctor. Basically, Doctor Strange never existed. He's been wiped from the face of the earth. And again, that goes back to what that conversation earlier where they were saying that your family and things like that on the outside, that's what the demons can use to get to you because you're the nexus. So since they can't affect you, they're going to go after your family. Well, now he has no family. He has nothing for to come after he's basically got a clean slate lock in and be ted nexus aka the one and that's where the story ends well no the the actual ending is that last splash page where he's all like fucking thrown back on his chair he's what, what does he say what's that last bit of line he says it begins here and i know that someday it will end here but even even knowing all that awaits i find myself capable of thinking of just one thing and i wonder i wonder if i will ever see her again clea dr strange or it just says strange beginnings and endings conclusion so what did you think about this book Oh, this was super duper lame, and I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Explicate. Let me tell you about how I had already read this. In fact, I'd seen it in a motion picture in 1999 called The Matrix, because this is the fucking Matrix. We're talking some of these panels, I swear to God, are swiped from somewhere in the movie. You've got Clea, a.k.a. whatever the fuck her name was, Trinity, in a black trench coat with a black shirt with her midriff showing, which I don't know if Trinity's midriff is showing. It doesn't fucking matter. Who's always sort of hovering around, guiding him, right? Would they meet in a bar? Does she have a tattoo that he's following at some point there? dude i know yeah i know they go to the morpheus fucking morpheus who offers the red pill or the blue pill essentially and he's in a suit and he he even says reality isn't what we know it to be this or- is the ancient ones line free will steven only you can decide what direction to walk now you have all the facts it's your choice just fucking copy and paste it from the script why are you even trying to, to mix this up that's what you're, you're trying to make this the matrix and this was not nearly far enough removed from the Ma- the Matrix movies were still coming out when this came out. Yeah. So there's well, no, I think they had finished, but only just recently finished. It would have to be super recent when yeah. those last two, because there was a lag between the last two. You could if, if Redbox existed in 2004, you could still rent the Matrix movies out of the Redbox by the time this comic yes, came out. Right. And again, they call him the one all the time. And then oh, so I got to go to this page. You t- how, about, how about the ally who is miffed because he's been spurned by his loved one, and so he's the traitor that turns against everybody? How about the fact? that he gets jacked in he learns kung fu and he wants to like throw up and he's freaking out and they had to kind of chill him out even when he's trying to convince strange he takes him on this astral projection to the nepalese mountains and then he's taking him to these other like and then they're like in a dojo and i'm like and the dojo is full of fetuses that are powering batteries so what i really liked was issue five page three where they have this montage of him meditating and he says i thought eight years of med school had prepared me for how to cram i was wrong i sleep for only one hour per night the rest of the time is spent learning learning how to fight learning how to think unlearning everything i thought i knew studying incantations of old books that every time i turn the page and terrified i'm gonna break it all the others seem faster and quicker i feel stupid and slow in their company especially baron mordo who seems a natural i think he envies the amount of time the h1 gives me not understanding the blah 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 so they're even showing him fighting these other people in the school and he's slower and they beat him up and it's the matrix mm-hmm. um, doc hollywood the matrix has you 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. All this was was the Matrix blended slightly with Doctor Strange's origin, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Even though the hand injury, they completely forget about that after like the first it, You you think that the Kung Fu might be affected by the fact that his hands are fucked. The, yeah, they, they were trying they were like trying to show him right with a pencil and he it's like it's like trying to use like an etch a sketch to spell his name like it was freaking of embarrassment but yeah but now this dude can just straight up he can fight kung fu no big deal no problem at all other things that bothered me so he broke his hands from a skiing accident that destroyed every tendon in his hands that's a fucking hell of a fall shouldn't you have used frostbite like i don't understand that annoyed me just to get the get-go he like just crumpled his hands trying to like a piece like, like 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 his hands were, were paper and you could just crumple them up like that and, it, and you're done yeah which i'm sure happens but i mean you've got frostbite that's what usually that's what happens it's exposure that hurts you more than anything whenever you get knocked out cold yeah but they i think they amputate for the frostbite that might have been the problem is he still got fingers and thumbs and stuff damage man i don't know so that that bothered me too it was just it seems such a why of all the ways you could damage your hands do you have to have one of his plastic surgeon clients give him a night stay in her hotel cabin so he can get mad and go on an emo midnight ski rampage and fall and break his hands like yeah. of all the it's freaking it's really ways, convoluted that, isn't more, it I, that, 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 so that's more probably and, more well, than here's, I here's a question I have too so if, Devin's no, the guy, if you were setting it up to have his hands be permanently amp- you know what I mean then I was like well shit the only way you're gonna get your hands amputated are usually frostbite well his hands weren't amputated though they're just busted that's what up I'm saying. Yeah. just busted up so what yeah. the hell did you send him up from the freaking mountains for to do some to a ski accident that's the sort of convolution that you usually have to use to explain something that was badly done the first time around but no they intentionally decided to create this ridiculous setup for no apparent reason and why did he have the accident anyway why did Devin take him out if he wanted to really take him out why would he leave him alive I don't understand why so, that happened that's the other thing so it seems to me like Devin more than anything was pushing him towards being Doctor Strange unless maybe sometime in his regular season or regular issues of this they say oh you know what this is going to be awkward when we get re- revealed we were the ones that made you have the accident because then you hurt your hands so you could seek out Wong you know what I mean right I, I, so he has this major crisis of conscience yeah, of they, they as far as to, who should I really been with and I can, can I really trust these people right. and blah 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 so I understand they're setting that up but in the meantime where he's like oh Devin was there when I when the doctor killed no 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 you killed the doctor in fact in that scene Devin's like strange we better go he's trying to get him out of there so that was why the double cross worked because I was like shit I didn't see that Devin was a, the bad dude this whole time and the, you know why because he wasn't he's right. like a pretty damn good friend yeah he was the uh, centered guy and strange was the douchebag right exactly so uh, I kind of felt that was a little stupid that they turned that all on Devin that Strange has just been this awesome guy this whole time. It's easy to catch people off guard if you don't give them any key. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's one of those cheats. Is like if you have a murder mystery and you don't give people any clues for them to solve the mystery and you just come up with something completely left field, you've committed a writing sin. You haven't tricked anybody because you didn't give them enough information to play the game. They don't even know what game you're playing. You're withholding all the essential ingredients. Right. Give me a reason to go back. So that's what I did. I went back to that scene right before the car crashed. I was like, oh, you know what? I wonder what did Devin say at that party? And I go back and he was just like, Steven, hey, let's get out of here. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I didn't see it coming. It's because it's bullshit. His name is Devin and he has red hair. Obviously, he's going to be involved with Satan. Uh, yeah, obviously. We should have all known that he's a soulless ginger working for Dormammu. Ridiculous. Well, let me see. What else did I not like about this? That was most of it. Most of it was that this was just the Matrix and it was not far enough removed. And I don't mean just 
kind like I said, it's not even just kind of the Matrix, it's the Matrix. And I think that that's really freaking stupid because obviously, as we've talked before, Doctor Strange's origin isn't bad enough to warrant this a six-issue redo. Oh, you're, you're talking to the wrong man. I think that Doctor Strange is one of the best origins of any comic right. character ever. So bad enough isn't even, it's like, my first thought is, why would you change that origin? Right. And why would you especially change it into Doc Hollywood in the Matrix? One of the reasons why I didn't want to say anything, and I just wanted you to read this without any input from me, is I wanted to see if it was just me, but me reading as a Doctor Strange fan, virtually every single page of this book pissed me off. And what I'm thinking, I know that Marvel was trying to push, that you know, my, J. Michael Straczynski could move units, even with his protege. And by the way, you're, you're not allowed to have proteges. Unless you're like an ambassador to a country or some shit, or you're like a master conductor or something, unless you're something that actually is inherently pretentious and, and a big deal, you're not allowed to have proteges. If you're the writer of a shitty Star Trek knockoff, and you manage to get enough of a rabid fan base out of that to turn that into a successful comic book career, despite being a polarizing figure who writes things that are clearly derivative of other media, and you often don't finish the projects that you start, or if you start the project and you get people excited about it, you lose interest partway through, and you don't know how to end it, and it just fucking fizzles out. Marvel was making a big deal about Straczynski back then. He was moving units on Spider-Man before that turned on as well. He brings in his protege to help co-write this thing, and by co-write, I mean copy and paste segments from The Matrix. And then you get Brandon Peterson, and he's the guy I feel the worst for, because while I hated Brandon Peterson when he first came out, because he was such a terrible image clone that they brought in on Uncanny X-Men, once they'd cycled through the good artists that they had available to them at Marvel in the early 90s. But I think it thought he came into his end, and I think he's got a, a pleasing style, and I honestly think that he was looking at this as sort of his killing joke. I know that he's a fan of Doctor Strange, and it looks to me like he put a lot of work into this. And if there's anything that makes me feel bad about slagging on this book, it's because there are some panels here that just seem really effort intensive that I think are, if this had been a good book, I'd be like, wow, this is what a great panel, what a great panel. And instead, it's just caught up in the shitstorm of this awful story. I hate that thanks to Devin, all the responsibility for Doctor Strange being an asshole gets cast off to him. Doctor Strange is an asshole. In his origin, he is the problem. Most of the time in life, if you've got somebody who things don't work out for them, they don't get along with other people, it's because they're the fucking problem. So when you give somebody an out like that, it pisses me off. Part of the Doctor Strange story is addressing the fact that Strange, despite being a gifted surgeon, not a plastic surgeon, if anything, I think he was a heart surgeon, someone who actually was involved in the saving of life, somebody who was already doing something that could be considered heroic, definitely beneficial to society, but he's such a fucking cunt that it's hard to give him credit for that because he's such an impossible person to deal with. And he's such a miserable person, it makes sense that he would do the kind of reckless stuff that he does that lands him in the boat of being Doctor Strange because he's not happy with himself either, and that's part of his transformation, is by becoming the master of the mystics arts, he moves beyond being just an asshole and becomes something that's not only productive, but also who finds some contentment in himself and some fulfillment in the work that he does. So it's about his transformation. Here, he's so wishy-washy. I don't. I still, at the end of the six-issue miniseries, don't know who the fuck Stephen Strange is supposed to be. He's just this guy who's manipulated by all these other forces. He has no responsibility for his own actions. So where does he become a hero? Right, and that's, that's what I was going to say that too. I don't understand at any point. I don't understand any of his motivations in this book. I don't understand. I don't understand why he went into plastic surgery. I mean, they try and say it's the money. Like you can't make money doing brain surgery. You know what I mean? Like th- there's no at, at no point did I see him going to become a plastic surgeon. They just sort of just say that. You know what I mean? Like like he wasn't. Well, they're just trying to diminish he wasn't him. Cutting corners, to... right? The, the, but he but he's but he is the best student they've got. Well, I'm like, well, is he? Like I, I you're not convincing me that he's the best student there. You're not. Con- I I just don't understand. So then he starts being a dick to people. But then they he's don't actually not that big of a dick, but then though. He's not, that's what I'm saying. He's but actually well liked in his, his practice as, as right. a surgeon. Everybody freaking likes the guy. Everybody wants to hang out with Doctor with the uh, Stephen Strange. He's a fun guy. He's got babes all over the place. He's got his buddy on toe all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you're. But they're trying to tell you the whole time that he's a dick. But he's not. A, he, he's not a dick. Well, now they're trying to say he's making all these questionable decisions because he's pressed by some demon. But really, the demon seems like 
like a pretty cool dude. And, well, and not just that, know. but the demon checks out after he has his accident. So all of his emotional turmoil and stuff that's going on, he's still rejecting his family out of what seems to be ego in the story. But they don't set that up in the earlier issues. Yeah. One of the things about the origin story is that he is the greatest surgeon in the world. And because he can't be not just any old surgeon, he's got to be the greatest. And because he's not, he's not willing to accept that as his new status quo because he's driven by this enormous megalomaniacal ego in his original horror story. But here he's just a plastic surgeon. So why wouldn't he be willing to just do something else and still make money? He took the easy yeah. route already anyway. He already he's a likable right. guy. So and, and they don't explain too why he keeps his family at bay throughout the series. They, that's never explained. No. In the original comics, he just doesn't have a family because that's not important to his story. It's just an extraneous bit of business that they throw in here so that the butterfly effect can also be referenced as, as in part of the big old media goulash this story is as opposed to being a story that works within its own confines that has its own logic. It's just taking pieces from other stories without them necessarily fitting well together. I, that was perfectly said. He's not anybody. He gave up that. He said, no, I think I should be a normal old plastic surgeon. So why does it freaking matter? What? Where's the motivation to hunt to the world's end to get his hands fixed? That's the whole point is that his hands are broken and he has to go through this process of coming and it all doesn't mean anything. And then as far as the art goes, so this dude, I remember when, when he first started drawing and he was a total Joe Madeira, Michael Turner, one, you know, one of those kind of wannabe. Back in the earliest days, I would say he was a hardcore Jim Lee want to be the earliest stuff from uncanny when he was just getting started and i do see he's a guy who's definitely picked up some influences over the years you were pointing out carlos pacheco earlier he's i saw a lot pacheco, of gary frank in here pacheco and then um it pisses me off too that clee is a completely different character in the story again all she is is a trinity ripoff i can't even tell you how different she is without actually going to the original stories which i eventually want to do so instead of spoiling that i'll point out that they couldn't even keep her hair color white one of the things that's important is she's from another dimension she has white hair more of a teenage damsel in distress type person in the initial appearances so the dynamic between her and strange is completely different if anything it's flipped and instead of being the hero he's the dude in distress and she's the one who keeps saving him but she's psylocke now she's not clear anymore and then wong they decide to give him that long ponytail which was so fashionable in 2004 anyway but then they make baron mordo who usually has a full head of hair and a beard bald i didn't understand why dr strange looked more like baron mordo yeah and a lot of the scenes for a second you're like oh wait you have to remind yourself no that's not baron Mordo surrounded by energy where you just see the floating goatee you're like oh that's Baron Mordo and you're like oh no 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 Baron Mordo's the stock bald guy and that's what bugged me is I, if they were trying to Wils, say Wils that Wils Wong wasn't huh Wils Pertacio yeah I can see that too the inking goes off the wall Wills Pertacio in uh, issue number three like hardcore Wills Pertacio I don't understand like if you want to get away from the Asian stereotype of the bald manservant then don't make Dormammu the bald manservant and then have Wong be this guy with long hair and they're both still in the story because you're not subverting any stereotypes you're just confusing me as a guy who's used to Wong being bald and Mordo having hair to just flip them for no particular good reason yeah and again there's it's just change for the sake of change you could have totally streamlined the costume and told the, the story was fine with him being a student the little change they made there was no big deal it, there were just some dumb little changes Doctor Strange has a personality Neo doesn't but that's okay because part of Neo's identity is this blank slate zen figure he's empty in his real life and he's defined by his role as the one that's not who Doctor Strange is though so when you completely take his personality out of him and that's a problem with a lot of this is that if you look at the original Ditko comics one of the reasons why they were so beloved by the head scene back in the 60s was because he was drawing these trippy bizarro images that nobody had 
ever done before. He was doing Escher, but even Escher on acid because his lack of adherence to physics were coupled with bizarre design aspects that nobody had ever done before. Where when Brandon Peterson does it, he's doing monsters in a Dante-esque hell. Shit that we've been seeing since the 16th fucking century. And when they do Dormammu, here's a guy who has this cool ornate costume and then the flaming head that has qualities of the human torch, but there's no actual distinct facial features. It's just eyes floating in the midst of this weird flame. Here, no, he's just a flaming dude, a naked flaming guy. The Eye of Agamotto, which is this cool amulet that Doctor Strange wears. Well, they just take that and they have the little bulbs that were around the Eye of Agamotto float around him, these weird little sphere things. And it's not that you're being more imaginative. You're just taking something that was imaginative and deconstructing it and turning it into something that's base and common that you can see in video games and all other sorts of media. You're taking away anything that makes the property special and unique and just making it conform to the norms of the base. And that's where, again... where I just was not blown away by the artist here. And that's why it was because there were a lot of detail in things like buildings and carpets and tapestry. But other than that, there was, I mean, I'm, these are the, the most least creative character redesigns I've ever seen in my entire life. Cause like you said, Dr. Strange's costume, he's just in a red trench coat. Now he's got black pants, black pants and a vest and a trench coat. And the vest is just a knockoff of his old vest. So he's got his vest with the eye of Agamotto slightly changed. He's got a goatee now, which I think he had a goatee anyway, by that point. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's a long trench coat instead of having the – and it doesn't even have like the ornate yellow strip where it's got the sort of squiggly stuff. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have any of that. It's just a red trench coat. With some yellow highlights to it, yeah. So, so that's where – look, I, I remember this dude. He, he's a decent artist. He, he's not – again, I, we've read way worse books than this. The coloring was great, but I just saw a lot of shortcuts with terrible computer-generated effects on it. Even some of the demons, they did some lame computer-generated lens flares and bullshit like that that even me as a Photoshop novice – I freaking roll my eyes at lens flares, and I can't believe it when I see it in professionally produced books like this. So, uh, again, there was nothing terribly wrong with the art. I was never like, oh, I can't read this book because the art's so bad, but I'm certainly not going to give points for the art. I will say, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't unreadable. Yeah. At least... That's why I wanted you to read it cold. I didn't want to influence you until you'd actually read it, because I knew that on a basic technical level, it was okay. I wanted to see, and I had so much disdain for the story based on my own notions of what Doctor Strange should be that I knew I was going to be harder on it than a normal person would be. I wanted to see if it would pass the turn your brain off action movie litmus test and apparently it didn't quite manage no, that either. No, I, I wouldn't say so at all. Uh, and again, so it, it was a quick read for six issues. It read really quick. You know, when, when seven pages are taken up with three word balloons, it can do that. They did try. They tried to be introspective and put this really, like the fucking Dylan quote at the end. Hey. You know what I mean? Like I said, they were trying to be like, no, we're going to make this deep. This is a story about this guy who's lost everything. Except it's complete fucking derivative, two-dimensional derivative, derivative yeah. garbage. So anyway, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. But the whole time, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I got an idea. Press pause on your fucking DVD player or your VCR or whatever you had back in 2005 and pick up Doctor Strange's origin and make it more like that and mm-hmm. make it less like the fucking Matrix. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, when, when I was reading... Because it, it's so naked. It's there's, it's transparent. It's so obviously swiped yeah. story-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so anyway, that's how I felt about it. And see, here's the thing that kills me too is not only Marvel's believed in this project, so much that they also created an original animated film that's very similar to this and like this instead of having people performing magic they have guys who have energy weapons who kung fu each other with mysticism so if they've decided that Doctor Strange is supposed to be big from Little China but nowhere near as fun or as imaginative as that movie was and the cartoon also made a point of Doctor Strange's sister dies and because he's not able to save her that's what gives him the motivation to become a surgeon but it also takes out his 
heart. So he's this heartless surgeon. So he can't take pleasure in the good that he's doing to others. And he doesn't care. All he cares about is the money and blah, blah, blah. And I just hate these forced fucking motivations. Can't a guy just be a fucking asshole anymore? Do you have to have this goddamn troubled childhood? And if you're going to do magic, and I guess somebody decided that magic was cool at some point after Harry Potter made billions of dollars, that you can do magic again. But for a while there, they were so ashamed of fucking magic, they had to turn it into a video game with energy weapons and shit. And that's what they made that cartoon of. And what I'm deathly afraid of is what if Kevin Feige's a fan of this? Because Kevin Feige's had a real passion to do a Doctor Strange project for years at Marvel. But this guy isn't a comic book fan. He's a guy who learned about comics through becoming president of Marvel Studios and through the influence of guys like Joe Quesada, who also was behind projects like this. So what happens if they do the Doctor Strange movie and it's this stupid shit? That's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm afraid of. That's why I've been bitching so much about this movie because that's what I'm expecting to see. It was funny you mentioned the energy weapons because it's all throughout this book too. Clea's got the energy half moons and as soon as Baron Mordo goes to attack the Ancient One, he busts out this energy sword and then the Ancient One's got an energy staff and they're totally fighting with these. And everybody's got their TMNT designated weapons of mystical destruction. so lame. And I'm just like, this was lame in 2005 too. It's not that it's 2015 and we're looking back at 2005 going, oh, that was so stupid. Remember the 90s? Yeah. That was fucking fucking dumb back then too. Stupid ass laser weapons and bullshit like that. (laughs) So I didn't like the writing. I didn't like the plot. I didn't like any of the characters and I wasn't particularly thrilled with the artist. So hopefully it's not the basis for a motion picture in 2017 or whatever. I hope to God it's not the basis for a motion picture. But no, you're right to be, you have right to be concerned because this is, was this popular? What what did this No, it it actually, it didn't. That's just it, is they thought this was going to be big. The only thing that came out of this, they did a second strange miniseries that Mark Wade wrote and I think Emma Rios drew it. And it seemed like the the intention was it to be an ongoing series where, again, (laughs) protege, Doctor Strange finds this punky girl protege who's learning magic from him and they had some somewhat entertaining adventures but the art didn't fit with the kind of strange story I wanted to see. Doctor Strange himself had been set off to the side and had been largely depowered. So he's trying to bluff his way through big cosmic situations which turn him into essentially John Constantine without the bite. And it looks like that series might have ended abruptly because everything in the last issue all of a sudden, it went from this very lighthearted kind of goofy series to dark and people are fucking dying and everything's coming to an end real quick. So it felt like they were going to try to do a strange series and when it didn't work out, you had that hate fuck finale to wrap things up. And then from there, they just started having Doctor Strange pop up in Avengers stories like he belonged there. Brian Bendis was writing him, so I'm sure he was having a lot of dialogue, bouncing back and forth with another character, strangely using Yiddish terms and stuff. Interesting. So No, actually not. The exact opposite of that. Oh, that's what I meant. So how should we uh, cover this more? I think we covered enough. We can just sign out on that. Hey, so when did we get to read, like, good Doctor Strange stuff? We're gonna. We're gonna. I just want to get this out of the way because I wanted to get my fears out of the way. I'm so glad. Welcome to the Odyssey Unleashed podcast. I'm Curtis. I'm Mike. World Spine podcast I listen to. Is there any podcast you listen to, Mike? Uh, I listen to the Two-Headed Nerd, okay. which I don't think you much got into. But I, World Spine is the only one that I've actually listened to comic book-wise. Um, yeah. That'd you, be the, you know why? Because yeah. I hate opinions, and they, they cover some older stuff that I'm usually not opinionated about, and I learn something from it. Odyssey Unleashed Podcast iTunes Stitcher WordPress Check them out
Welcome to the Lonely Hearts comic book podcast in which four dudes talk about romance comics. I'm Siskoid, though I'm likely to be called Mike through most of the podcast, and with me are Bass, Hi. Fern, hey. and Marty. Hello. So over the course of this and other episodes, we'll be looking at classic romance comics, but also talking about the great comic book romances, so you'll get your dose of superheroes as well. And let's call it right now, it could get salty. Listener discretion <laughs> is advised. So who are we? Who are these uh, sea dogs? We'll start with Bass. Hey, yeah. Comics. Yes. I've been reading comics since I can read. Uh, I've uh, So like 14, 15? Uh, yeah, yeah, 22, 23. I've been, uh, I, I've also dabbled in comics. I've, I've had, uh, in the past, a uh, webcomic for a while. I'm also a, uh, Superman aficionado. So I pretty much know everything about Superman. Okay. Or almost. Big words. I, I know. For the internet. <laughs> right. Yeah. How about you, Marty? Uh, you know, I've read lots of comics my whole life. Uh, superhero comics, mostly, and uh, horror comics. Started with Hellboy, stuff like that. As for romance comics, <laughs> well, to say the least, in horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Usually ends up someone dying or coming back to life to get revenge on their lover. Like tragic or... romance. Yeah, that's my experience with romance comics. How about you, Fern? Uh, well, my first comic book I purchased, I was nine years old. It and was it was an a e romance comic. <laughs> well, almost. Oh. Almost. It was an EC horror comics with a pinhead from Hellraiser on the comic mm. book cover. And there was a story about a mermaid, so it was very lovely. Then she ate the sailor. Love and horror. You know, love and horror. It's you know, duality. After that, I got into Venom Knights of Vengeance, so I'm really starting <laughs> off on like the worst possible comic trend, uh, then Separation Anxiety, and then Bishop, his limited run series. So, yeah, uh, you know what? I 90s. figured... The 90s I'm, 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 like, I'm like Drake. I started from the bottom. Now I'm kind of here. Favorite comic book character would be Iron Man. You know, another really good romance guy right there. <laughs> As for myself, I've uh, I run a comic book-focused blog, Cisco's Blog of Geekery, so... Uh, oh, you got, you got the cred. Oh, well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a generalist. I wouldn't call myself an aficionado of anything. Uh, Please but don't call yourself an I aficionado. I would not. That's like the worst thing you could say. <laughs> and it's a very difficult word. So, like Bass, I started uh, very, very early with uh, French-language comics, like yep. uh, Tintin, Asterix. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. All yeah. of those. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we're all, we're all uh, French-Canadians here. Well, except yeah. Fern, who is yeah. an English-Canadian. <laughs> English-Canadian who moved to the States and came back here. Yeah. Haunt us. I started in French comics, then moved up to superhero comics eventually. Uh, a lot of Archie and Richie Rich in the mm -hmm. middle there somewhere when I was uh, learning how to read English. Romance comics, I think my... I, I mean, I, I've read some over the years because I, I read every genre. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, uh, why exactly are we doing this? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, well, I've been uh, participating in other people's podcasts, Fire and Water, uh, Hero Point, Secret Origins, and I wanted to try my hand at running a more regular show, okay. for one thing, mm -hmm. and I was inspired uh, by the guys at the Rolled Spine podcast, a fun kind of uncensored chat between geeks, like-minded <laughs> geeks. Uh, and at the same time, I've been running a feature at the Legion of Super Bloggers, and it's another blog I'm participating in, called Hot or Not. It's a text-based chat in which five girls with no previous Legion of Superheroes knowledge talk about the dateability of every Legionnaire. So it's, that is, That's actually very fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, pretty yeah. Good. it's really hilarious. It. So I thought I might invite the same girls to get their impressions of romance comics, I mean, considering a lot of them are kind of dated as far as um, gender politics go. Then we four guys were chatting, and the project morphed into the, the reverse 
of Hot or Not. Instead of girls talking about comics that are essentially made for boys, uh, where we'd be boys talking about comics actually made for girls, more or less. Because I reject the notion that any genre is, you know, actually, specific yeah, yeah. to have, any genre. Yeah, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> but... Uh, I have opinions. <laughs> of course you do. But, you know, those early romance comics were very much targeting female readers so that yeah. in that in that sense mm-hmm. so uh and that's another thing there's a lot of comic book podcasts out there and i don't know of any that deal with this uh, genre so that's our shot at some kind of originality it is original. i love it yeah. i love it this gonna be, and, this is gonna be and we've been discovering comics that we otherwise might not have read in preparation for this uh we'll be um we'll be doing this every so often so mm-hmm. um if you have comments don't forget to like comment and subscribe uh, don't forget Leave a comment on the blog at lonelyheartspodcast.wordpress.com or you can find us on Facebook. The page is Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast or on Twitter. I'm Siskoid. Fern is Idiot Brigadier. Bass is Review underscore Bass, R-E-V-U-E underscore B-A-S-S. And Marty is Marty Light. Facebook, Twitter, Tinder, yeah. Snapchat, Kick. <laughs> Grinder, grinder. No, no. We there's no your, women on Grinder. There's none. We well, want, we well. want your vines. <laughs> Give me your vines. Respond with a vine. Here's to the losers. Here's to the losers. Bless them We received a Google Plus One from Dr. G, Nerdologist. Martin Gray keeps trying to LinkedIn with us. We don't have a LinkedIn page. Sorry, Martin. Uh, we received a Tumblr follow from Joel B. Mulder. We haven't updated the Tumblr in a long time. We received new Twitter follows from Bad DNA at Bad DNA Radio, Douglas S. Taylor, Fantasy Author at Brian Rathbone, Geek Girl at Ruby K, Legends of Tomorrow, Multiplaying Net, Nerdy Shells, The Park Fanatic Podcast, Stephen J. Caggiano, This Is Kurt, and What Gear. We got some retweets from Dennis Relojo, Keith G. Baker, Hashtag Mixtape365, Odell Abner Dracula, Hashtag Radio Hit List, and Siskoid, as well as Twitter favorites from Adam Blackmoon, Anthony Miyazaki, Ashley Rose, Behind the Music, Blood and Gourd, Bone Dragon Comics, Count Druncula, Dr. G. Nerdologist, Drunken Dork Podcast, Eli Dealperin, I Zombie Obsessed, James A. Bretney, Joseph Holm, Out of the Fridge, Over Newster Dash Movies, Sin at Alias Scarecrow, To Man Bob, Oofta at Fry Hole Yeah, and Valentinos Orfanos, as well as Follow Fridays from Al Mega First Crusader and Comic Reflections. Oh, and a hashtag Sunday Comics from Adam Blackmoon. As far as the comments go, Mac expressed his frustration with the small amount of episodes in recent months by saying that he might do a solo podcast on Supergirl. Hashtag fuck the ocean. The new podcast, Podcast a la Vista, focusing on Arnold Schwarzenegger's Ovra, tried to friend me on Facebook. I explained that I despise Facebook, but that the Rollsbine podcast now has its own Facebook page. You can check that out. Jason Martinez let us know that he's listening to the Marvel Superheroes podcast, Wild Agents of Marvel, Token Fire Guy, another good episode. And wrote, hooray, a new show. Drunken Dork Podcast said, we want to thank Rolled Spine for their shout out and encourage all of our followers to check out their top notch show. Council of Geeks is now following the Rolled Spine Podcast blog, and I've been following Nathaniel Wayne's 90s Comics Retrial Podcast. They're about four episodes in now. They're pretty darn good. I'd say check them out. Darcy wrote of the Lady Demon episode from quite a ways back. I thought you might be interested in this tangent to the MSH Podcast episode 33. 
There is a Loch Demon in the Highlands of Scotland in Excalibur number 1 and 2 that is described as a haunted place from time immemorial. It's been said that even angels fear to tread. It's the location for the derelict factory where we first see Widget and the young Colin McKay. There's a stone circle near the factory that Colin describes as an ancient druid ring. Perhaps there's a connection to Clan Demon. Now the Mary Marvel Marching Society and at Drange 70. Charlton Hero at Charlton Hero. CJ at GNCJ15. Count Dracula at Black Canary Fan. Eric Mannix at The Bobby Krogan. Future Primitive at F Primitive Comic. Joseph Crawford at JK3 underscore C. Kevin Daji at Kevin Daji. Mark Sweeney at Mark Sweeney Jr. Marvel Incorporated 2099 at SG Sunny70. Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast at Pittsburgh Nerd. The Penultimate at Randy S0725. Rob Deb at Rob Deb. Too Dangerous for a Girl Block at Dangerous 2. And Trekker Talk at Trekker Talk. The Marvel Superheroes Podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. Views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Let's wait for Home Dude to come back. Okay.